Listen, honey. So this podcast is for all of my amazing listeners who enjoyed the interview I had a few weeks back with Miss Angela Johnson. She is a ferocious comedian, an amazing woman of God. I'd love to invite another female comic into the room because I just think, honestly, it takes so much I was going to say balls, but it doesn't just take balls. It also takes ovaries to be a female comic. So I really wanted to invite Ali Makovsky into the room because I think that her work is phenomenal. And I wanted to get into her brain and understand why she chose to be a comic and what it takes to be a comic in today's world. show today's a cool day today's a year outnumbered dennis you got some girl power in the room yeah there's a lot of females here yeah you're right yeah watch out a lot of hot girls watch out oh, <laughs> a lot of hot girls i don't know at least you look cracking man just thank you dennis <laughs> <laughs> so dennis um tell me how we found our way to uh tell me how we found our way to ali here who is sitting in the room ali our comedian friend um ali well I, you know what honestly I've always I've always liked like watching comedians like um I secretly want to be a comedian. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, I can't I can't I couldn't I could never. That's I could how it starts. So, yeah, Actually, no. it's funny. I don't want to be a comedian oh, because nice. I think it's the hardest job in the world to make people laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like it's a lot of pressure. Totally. That I would be afraid to do. And yeah. so because of that, I think you guys are superheroes and I watch you going, "Oh shit." The yes. fact that you can time and command yes. laughter is a gift. I definitely wouldn't call myself a superhero by any means, but yeah, I get where you're coming from. I still get scared of that. Like, oh. I don't get scared to perform. I get scared that, like, I just won't be able to do it. Like, like I have no problem going on stage. There's no, like, nerves about performing, but it's like... What if this just doesn't work? What if I thought that this was going to be funny and then I get up there and it's just yeah. like crickets? Right, right. Yeah. In fact, I think one of the first things I saw on one of your YouTubes was you walking on stage and starting right off about your voice. Yeah. Saying, guys, this is it. This is how I sound. Yeah. This is all you're going to get. Yeah. Which is hilarious because you, you have to be mad aware, self-aware when you're a comedian to be able to make fun of all the shit that other people are already making fun of you about. Yeah. Well, I didn't even realize that my voice was weird or like different until I started doing comedy. Like when I first started comedy, you know, because I've had all my friends before I started comedy for like my whole life. So they're used to hearing my voice. It doesn't sound weird to them. And then when I started comedy, I met all these new people and it was their first time meeting me, hearing me, talking to me, whatever. And I'm and everyone would be like, oh, you're so like monotone. Like your voice yes, is so like just dry fun. and monotone and like robotic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, like I never knew it. And then I became so insecure about it. I was like, I have to address this because sometimes still I don't really do that joke too much anymore, but. Sometimes still when I'm performing, like halfway through a set, I'll just start to like hear my voice and be like, oh yeah, like this is what they're hearing right now. Like my voice is so dull and like dry, but it's fun. Um, I would, uh, I basically, <laughs> my mom, every like three, no, yeah, probably every three to four months, my mom will always like hit me up to try to 
help me her, help her recover her password. Oh God, right? it's like the so, ongoing uh, question in her. What my password, Dennis? <laughs> I don't remember, and I don't get to Google. Yeah, and she'll, like, and she'll hit up the assistants. Anyways, it's funny because um, <laughs> this time we had to actually like uh, reset the password, yeah. and then to ask you the security questions and stuff like that. And uh, she she said one of the security questions was, uh, <laughs> "What what is your dream job?" Right, and like snap like snap call. She's like, "I want to be a movie star." Right? Oh my gosh, so, I love that. No, so I learned that about her, and I was like, "Wow, man, we really want we really need to make because she's six years old. She's kind of blowing up on Instagram. She's kind of she's kind of a big deal. We get stopped everywhere. She gets stopped before like you no know, way. Plus, I love yeah, my mom. We're with like Far famous people, you know, like yeah, she'll get stopped. I've been pushed over at airports also, to get to her. I think she has Costco. Yeah. It's a wrap. I will get hit oh by so many. Oh my god. Yeah shopping carts just to get to Mama Mai. Yeah. They That's love her. That's so cute. Yes. So it's, it's funny to me that she actually said blatantly that she wants to be a movie star. A movie star, yeah. Those succinct words, right? And then she's like, um, she's very funny and she always wants us to like write for her or something like that or like, it's hard but we don't, we don't know how to write for her because yeah. it's, just, it's just weird. Anyways, um, when did you know that you wanted to be a comic? Well, kind of what you were saying where like I was just so I like secretly was like, this is what I want to do. Um, and when I was little, I started out by uh, I was like in third grade. I was seven years old and I called into Kiss FM, which is like, you know, the biggest pop radio station yeah. in L.A. And I ended up like getting through. I was talking to Ryan Seacrest. I'm seven years old and I was just being like precocious he kept being like you're only seven you're so precocious and I'm like I have no idea what that means <laughs> and so he just like kept talking to me my parents are gone like I'm just getting ready for school with my sister and uh they offered me a job to work there so I worked At on seven wow. yeah seven Doing years old what, making prank phone calls wow yeah so you naturally had the gift of gab and also just you were already kind of a funny yeah. yeah and i and i didn't even realize it at the time because i was so young i was just like this is just how i talk with my family and friends you know i'm like the youngest of three and so i'm just always like trying to get my voice heard trying to get attention saying whatever i can to like you know have people notice me and once i got that job i was like oh this is like a thing that people can do as a job like I, I just want to keep doing stuff like this <laughs> and so after that um when I was in high school I got super into stand-up and I would go to the laugh factory all the time using my sister's who ID were you to get in, in. Uh, in, in high school who were you watching at the time I was I was like watching Crystalia obsessively on oh, YouTube yeah. I don't know who that is Crystalia I've never heard of that no no idea He's like the super handsome comedian with the curly hair. He was in season two of You on Netflix. She said handsome. I'm Googling because I want to see what you think is handsome. <laughs> anyway, he was, he was, the Laugh Factory was putting out all of his videos on their YouTube. So I started watching those. He was also on Vine when Vine was really big and he was making funny Vine. So I was like pretty much stalking him and going to the Laugh Factory and seeing all of these great comics. Wow. And, uh... And then I finally just built up the courage. I talked to one of the comics after the show. Uh huh. And I was like, I want to do this, but I'm 17. I'm not even old enough to be in this club right now. And I want to do comedy, but I don't even know what to write about. We've totally seen this guy. He's hot. Right. By the yeah, way. yeah, yeah. He That's looks what like I'm a guy on the cover of like a romance novel. Yes. He's got long hair, yeah. a little five o'clock shadow. Yeah, like he'd be yeah. on a horse topless. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. 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 So, and it's crazy because I was like, so, I mean, I'm still very obsessed with him. I have to like watch myself because this was a huge deal for me. He followed me back on Instagram. Ooh. <laughs> I would consider us acquaintances in some way. 
you know? <laughs> and so I have to like limit how much I'm reacting to his stories because I'll always be like, LOL, ha ha ha. And then I'm like, I need to take a breath and chill. But yeah, he's, yeah. It, it's cool just to like see those things that like before I started comedy, the idea of, you know, me even knowing him just was like so far-fetched. And so now to like be where I'm at is really cool. How many years would you say you professionally put into being a comic? Um... Five years, yeah. I started when I was 19. So I did my first open mic when I was like 17 or 18. And then I like kind of went off to college. I knew I wasn't going to go. But when I was on the radio, a lot of my money was put into a college fund. So I'm like, I might as well just give it a shot, you know. Um, And my parents were so sweet to think that I was going to go to college when I was that young. (laughs) But um, yeah, I gave it a shot. I ended up just like dropping out because I really wanted to do comedy. And um, Same, by the way. I started out in school trying... I went to college to try to make my parents happy because yeah, you, when you get out of co- when you get out of high school, it's a very daunting moment because everybody's in different directions, knowing exactly where the fuck they're gonna go. Yeah, You're, they've got the plan, they've got the the college in mind, they've already got maybe plans to move, and when you yeah. don't know where to go, the first thing you do is you make up some shit to act like you got somewhere to go right. to. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to a Danza, of course, I'm going to Danza because yeah. I'm gonna go figure out what it is I want to do. It's so weird, and when yeah. you know you don't want to be in college. Every day is painful in class because you just you're like, I don't want to be here. I need to be busy doing exactly what I already know what I want to do. Yeah, I definitely gave up on school. Like interesting. After freshman year, Mm. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, I enjoyed going to school kind of. Yeah. I just knew that I wanted to do something that like didn't involve academics. Yeah. And not knocking college at all. No. There are just certain people where you know already the field you want to jump into and get cold started. Yeah. So I don't knock that experience either of getting right into it. Yeah. And I had done my first open mic when I was still in high school. And so after I did that first open mic, like it was over, like anything else that I could have thought of doing after that was just like out, you know? And so I just knew like when I was in college, we'd all be at like college parties and everyone would be like, what's your major? What's your major? And people are like, you know, broadcast journalism, communications. And I was like, I'm going to be a comedian. And everyone was like, did you really say that? Yeah. People would just be like, okay. Is that because of she, is that because she's a millennial? Are you a millennial? I, I think I'm Gen Z. Z. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm wait, wait, like what's, right what's on the Gen cusp. Z again? Yeah. 1995 yeah. and forward. Funny. Yeah. So do you think it's because of her age and more emerging female comics, not that we're anywhere breaking, that it's they the, can do, yeah. she can do that? Because I don't think you would have been able to say that in my time. Yeah. Well, you know what I think it is? I think it's because like social media has made everything seem more accessible, mm. whether it's like becoming a YouTube vlogger, like even that is a career now. So I think like seeing people on Vine, seeing people on Twitter, on Instagram. And now TikTok. Yeah. And now TikTok. Wait, like do people still use Vine? No. No, no. Vine got sold no. or something and it went out. That's twice a I think it like hit hard and then it was pieced out. Yeah. Like yeah. MySpace. No, MySpace yeah. hit harder for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, MySpace, MySpace no, I did. I had my sister made me a MySpace when I was in fifth grade <laughs> and I was just like following her friends for a while. Right. <laughs> and then I had like MySpace boyfriends, this one guy who was like two years older than me at school. Ew. And he had My Chemical Romance as his song on his profile. Oh, yeah. And I was like, he's so dark and edgy. And like, I'm going to be his little like preppy girlfriend. Totally. Wait, were you a part of the emo era at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I, I watched it. 
I watched uh, it from afar and I did get how I do did you watch and not partake. I don't uh, understand. Because I was only in like sixth grade oh, okay, and so, so I couldn't really be actively in it. And the girls in my grade who were actively in it, like I think have like five kids now due to that era. Uh, yeah. Wow. Allie, That's I'm crazy. going to these emo shows. Like it's it's come back. Do you go to emo night? Yes. Okay, it's a big nice. deal for I still me, haven't like. been. So I need that's to go. one thing. I'm surprised every like there's Gen Zers there. Like um, yeah, 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 everyone's into. That's it. one thing people really? don't yeah. know about me is I hella loved the emo era. Like I think I brought my brothers into it actually. Wow. Like listening to AFI and yeah. Dashboard Confessional and all that. Like I definitely went through the woe is me. It's so like, good. It's so good. And I remember everyone was getting their bangs like the super <laughs> side swoop. So yeah. I started doing that with like yeah. a really long swoop. Yep. Yep. And you would let your eyeliner just get super yeah. soppy. Smudge. Yeah. Yes. Just <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So then, so you decided to go straight into comic. Well, that was comedy. Yeah, kind of. I mean, once I dropped out of college, my parents kind of knew that that wasn't going to work out for me, but they're like, you might as well just go. And so I signed up for Birthright, which is that trip where you go to like Israel for a week if you're Jewish. Another tribe member. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she I, just mentioned that. We're like, what are you, how are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, my Jewish assistant is jumping yeah, around. Yeah, my right dad's now. Jewish, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a little half-breed, and uh, and I got to go to Israel for like a week, and I was like, man, I love it here. It's so beautiful. I love the people. It's And I hadn't really traveled that much at that point, so I'm like, this is so exciting. So I was going to join the Israeli army, and... Once I got out, I would be 21. So I was like, I'll have structure, routine. You really wanted to do this. They, oh, they yeah. Absolved, I like. They have all your sins, too, right? Like, if you have any crimes against oh, you. Oh, I like, don't know. I didn't have any crimes at the <laughs> at that time. But now that I know, I might go back. Um, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I wanted to go because I was like, I want to live here. I want to, like, do something. Because it's not like, you know, you have different jobs if you're in the army. It's not like I would just be out, like, so. I figured I'd like be a medic or something, have some life experience, some structure, get out when I'm 21, start doing comedy after that. And I told my mom, who's not Jewish, and she just started weeping. She was like, just do comedy full time and live with <laughs> oh me. And I was like, okay. Wait, brain alert. That is the genius way to yeah. present your parents a path that might not be favorable to them. Present to them a lesser popular Yeah, I'd be option. like, I could either get killed in the Middle East or I could That's follow funny. my heart. Right. And, uh, cut to, if you go to um, Ali Bukowski's Instagram, her bio says, I'm still on my parents' insurance for two more years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my oh god. god, my 26th birthday is going to be terrible. That's hilarious, man. That it's is gonna be funny. Awful. Yeah. So then what happened? Um, so then I moved into my mom's house and started doing comedy. So then I've been doing comedy now for a little over five years. When it comes to all the stickiness today with appropriation and you know so many groups to offend, how do you function around that? That's another reason why I give you guys a superhero cake. Yeah. Because... The offensive parts is where it's funny. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, we're at a different time now. Totally. Where I don't even know if you remember what it was like before when people were breaking rules left and right, making yeah. fun of gays and going for every group of person people that you could possibly offend. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, it can completely ruin your career. How do you take totally. to that? I mean, it's like it's almost with like any job that's in the spotlight now where you can just say one thing and then it's all over I think with comedy you know I don't know I try to avoid things that are 
you know, sensitive topics that don't involve me in any way. There's certain things that I say that might offend people, but I'm always, I mean, anything can offend anyone at this point. Have you offended anybody yet? Um, with my stand-up, no. Okay. I feel mm. like that popping of the cherry, that's when you get a good dose. Yeah. I, and I say this meaning like very humbly. For me, working in television, I thought because my whole life, it started out with makeovers for people. How can you yeah. offend anybody? Yeah. Being very just honest and helpful towards their new journey. Yeah. Then going into now, I guess you would say a little bit more of a reality sense of the world where I go into a talk show where I talk about my real experiences and then I have a YouTube channel where I talk about my own family experiences. It's also me. You think you can't offend anybody, but I have. Oh, yeah. And when you do that first time... It hurts. It hurts. Because you feel... It, because it, it does feel like uh, when someone calls you out for something, it almost feels like they know you better than you know yourself. And so they're going, oh, you're you're being mean to this group of people and you're like, oh my God, am I yeah. like one of, am I someone who is like and that and who is hateful? And categorized as a hateful or racist or whatever it may yeah. be. Cancel culture then ensues. Yeah. And you think, wow, I fucking did all this for this long of time and totally. now you're going to completely cancel it because of one statement yeah. or one tweet. Yeah. And then I've also been on the other end where I've read a tweet or something that someone said that was super malicious. And I'm like, yo, I can't fuck with you now. I actually can't see this past you. Mm. But I think but I think the difference between like I think also because I've had people like say things to me over Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And so I try and just realize that that's a small group of people who, you know, are just like banding teaming together to like you know not be into me or whatever right it's only a small group of people it's not that big because it does feel like overwhelming and like everything's over and it's like it's just a small little thing it'll blow over but also I think it's like just knowing who you are and like what you stand for and like that's ultimately the most important thing but yeah I'm I I just talk about myself so if you're offended it's like oh you just don't like me and that's fine yeah you don't have to I also want to talk about the stigma that comes behind being a comic. So I, when, you know, when I was single, a lot of my friends were telling me, do not date a comic oh, because that's what? like, oh yeah, yeah they yeah. have, you know this, right? Oh Allie? yeah. Oh yeah. So before, I did not know that. <laughs> oh yeah. I've received that advice and I've also uh, not listened to it many times. Ooh, okay. Well, I want to come back to this. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to Allie's dating Yummy. life and whether or not you should date a comic. All right, welcome back to Listen, Hanai. We are with the amazing, talented comedian, Ali Makovsky. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we're talking about dating comics. There's a huge stigma out there, and I this is weird that you don't know this, Dennis. No, I didn't know that. I know athletes, I don't know, like rappers, something yeah, like that. Yeah, no. so there's athletes, rappers. He looks at me, he drops his voice. <laughs> uh, no, but there, there are stigmas about people in their field that, like, you know, that are not the most positive. But for comics, I heard specifically that they're dark, that they're tormented because they have to be in order to make fun of themselves and make fun of things around them. Yeah, I have a hard disagree on that. I don't get that feeling from you. Usually there's supposed to be some trauma behind them or like some kind of like, abuse or some or I don't know in order to be a comic to be able to make fun of things right that's what people say yeah and I think that like there is some truth behind that but sometimes people come up to me and they'll find out I'm a comedian they're like 
Oh, I bet you had like a really rough childhood or yeah. the, and it's like just such a weird, uncomfortable thing to say to someone that's like, <laughs> you know, oh, I heard you do podcasts like, I bet, you know, like it's such an uncomfortable and personal thing to say. And I don't necessarily agree with it because I think that there are people who do comedy, especially now that there's like more yeah. people, it seems like than there ever has been trying to make it in comedy. And I think that they come from like all different walks of life. I think what it ultimately is, is comedy comes from a place of like wanting to be heard and like seen. And so whether that comes from like childhood trauma or whatever, like it doesn't have to necessarily come from that. I think it's just this like place where you just want to want your voice to be heard in some way. So Mm. whether it comes from like a dark place or a light place. Like, I think everyone can kind of relate to that feeling of wanting to come up with something and have other people be like, right. oh, I like that, you know? Right. And do you think dating comics, have you gotten into that world yet? Because there's oh a lot of men. God. I don't know your- if I'd call it dating, but I have definitely hung out uh, naked with some comics. <laughs> and especially when I was like first starting out, you know, because it's so exciting. There's, you're Wait, meeting are you like. Serious? Oh, dead serious. Yeah, yeah. Why are you hanging out naked? I mean, I'm talking about hooking up. I was just oh, trying yeah. to do it in a cute way. Horizontal mambo. Yeah. No, just casually naked yeah. hanging out with people. With your tit out. No, I mean, like, when I first started comedy, it was super exciting, and there were so many new people that I was meeting, and I always, like, I have a problem falling in love with people, like, as soon as I make eye contact with them. You do? Yeah, but I also, like, fall out of love in five minutes. Okay. So it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm very infatuated. That easily. second part is important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so there were, like, a lot of people who I was hanging out with, and because I was doing open mics every single night, I was seeing these people and getting to know them in, like, uh, you know, a really personal way. And so I started, like, hooking up with other open micers because I'm, like, Oh, these guys seem like they probably won't stick around for a long time, so oh. I won't have to deal with that later. That yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not gonna make it. That bit, that Wait, bit sucks. <laughs> that's funny. Wait. Okay, so what would you base it on? Would you base it on whether or not they were good, or I mean, as far as they're funny, are, are do they have to be funny for you to then sleep with them? But then if they were funny, you wouldn't think that they would be booted off by next week. So how does that work? So there's like a balance because if I see if I watch someone do comedy and they're not funny at all, I'm like I could never like picture this happening in any way okay so there has to be like some amount of funniness but also like they probably have like a drinking problem and so I'm like oh that'll take you out you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. that'll get you that'll get you off in like Iowa or something so yeah I would just look for things outside of comedy that might hold them back because some people are really funny but they just don't have that drive so yeah. maybe I'd like see someone at like just a couple open mics throughout the week and I was at open mics every single night you know so if they're only at a couple I'm like oh they probably like are just kind of doing this for fun and yeah. not taking it as seriously so those are the I completely agree I just started like I just saw that movie Free Solo it's about oh, a rock climber oh my god! what's that about? it's about a rock climber who uses no ropes to um, to scale and he he uh, broke the Guinness Book of World Records of climbing yeah. that one wall that nobody would dare imagine, to do right like, what like can you imagine with no ropes, like the, the kind of mental, you know what I mean? It's crazy. He does it in like three hours or four or something. Yeah, that movie made my stomach hurt the whole time I was watching it. Wow. I was like, <gasps> Anyway, so so now we're rock climbing. Then you saw the pictures. Like we're yes. doing all the cut, you know, like bouldering and stuff like that. And um, girls at the gym are very like, they're very friendly and stuff like that. But then you don't want to, you have to be careful because you don't want anyone like, you want to get the ones that are, that don't have the membership, right? You know what? Yeah. You know what? 
The, the, oh the, yeah. The same thing. You don't want them to be a frequent. You know what I mean? Because then, like, what if you're there and then you're hitting on someone else and then they? Because you want to keep it casual. You got to keep it casual. Yeah. yeah. Or you switch up gyms or something. I mean, it's stupid. <laughs> I'm the gyms like right down the street. Oh too. no. <laughs> See, you're more brave than me because I think the world, just like the world of TV or even the world of podcasts, is so small. I wouldn't fuck around so hard in my circle because. I don't want my name to be dipped in other yes. conversations. Well, that's why it's a prideful thing. Yeah, no, totally. And and people always gave me that advice early on. They're like, don't hook up with other comics. And you know, I, I mean, I, I wasn't doing it as often as I might have made it seem. <laughs> but I definitely like after a certain point, I was like, okay, I just want to like focus on this, take it seriously. Like now, I'm at a point where, you know, I can't be doing that anymore. Because when you first start open mics when you first start comedy it's like there's no real like you're just doing it for experience yeah. and there's no real like pressure no one knows who you are at yes. all um but and now would it make like, you nervous let's say with somebody you do hook up with and you end up liking them then you see them next week would it make you nervous to perform differently yeah absolutely see that would do yeah. it to me too yeah yeah i tell like my current boyfriend right now i he sometimes want to, wants to come to support me at certain certain things i'm like no you can stay at home that's You're how good. i am i don't need you in the room yeah then i'm just gonna be thrown off my game you know but it's really nice though because i have had relationships with people who aren't comics and there's some people who i feel like when they are at a show i feel like myself and like i don't get that weird like, I hope they don't see me differently after this, you know? So that kind of is, like, a big indicator of, like, who's... Whether or not you really like them. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, open mics on a 1 to 10. How batshit nervous do you get? Dude, I want to do it up so bad. Dude. You should do an open I mic. Do. I you should do it. I'm Cross scared. it off the bucket, But Wes. I'm not lying, yeah. though. No, no, you're right. You're if right. it's something you want to do, you absolutely should. I, I think anything that brings that type of fear to you don't get yeah. me wrong as i'm saying it's nerve-wracking i'm saying also do it that's why i can't stand being a center of attention and mm. yeah i'm a television personality yeah. and i have this career i actually kind of get a high off of that rush every time so dennis you absolutely should try it well, I, mean, I, I need to like i'm you know i'm just i'm going i'm gonna go to more things watch them more you know just kind of feel it out no you know i think I mean? just yeah. jump right into just it jump right in what about i talk had, about I well, so I had never been to an open mic. I had only gone to comedy shows, and the first open mic I did, uh, it was after one of the shows I was watching. I asked one of the comics, "I'm like, I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to do. Like, I have no idea." And he's like, "Just write out three to five minutes of whatever you think is funny. It doesn't have to be good. It probably won't be good. Just write out whatever you want to say." whatever you think is funny, go to the mic here on Tuesday. So I went home. I was super inspired. I wrote the worst material in the whole world. It was so bad. And I went to the open mic and I was so nervous. I was just shaking the whole time. Like I took a video of it, which was a huge mistake. It's so oh painful. No, it's great. And I'm you just shaking. It. No, I can't even oh, listen to our podcast sometimes. It's, it's painful. So, it's, oh no, you got to watch how you perform. Go on, go on. Then. Yeah, so I'm just like shaking. And I didn't do comedy until I got back from college. Like it took me a year year and a half oh, or to something. recover from that shit? Yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, how was the actual night? How was it? It was Were you really that terrible? Uh, no, but I wasn't good by any means. But it's also like it's an open mic. No one's going to remember. No one cares. A lot of people do terrible. Some people do well. So it's like when people get nervous about open mics, I totally get it. But at the same time, after having done so many when I started, like, there's just a like after when once I did my second open mic I was like this is what I want to do forever I want to do comedy forever so like 
I'm I'm over being like Wait, afraid like of it. That's like snowboarding. They always say the first day of snowboarding is the worst. Yeah. It's so painful. You mm-hmm. basically have to count on hurting your butt like crazy because all you do is fall on your butt. Yeah. And then the day two is when you start to really like it. But you have to, you have to, it's a rule yeah. to go yeah. through the sucky day one. I've never gone snowboarding, but I have this idea in my head that I would be really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I think I'm a Sean White. <laughs> That's crazy. So your first day was hell and then your second day you climbed on board and you were like, this is it, this is yeah. me. Yeah. Interesting. I... I, I I really respect it because I really do not see anything fun about it. You uh, you have to be naturally good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just like one of those things where I was like, there's literally nothing else I could see myself doing. So I have to get used to this feeling and just overcome it. And but so- it's always fun to do things that scare you. Like, I feel like that's when you really learn about yourself. Yeah. And like. And don't no, invite I'm- anyone. Just don't, go oh, yeah. just go by yourself. Do it in Rogue. Don't oh, tell anyone you're doing it. Don't invite anybody. You know what's funny? We, we, know my bro- we know my brother's been like, does stand up. And we wanted for a while. Because we knew like every Tuesday we'd be like, invite him out to eat. And then he'd be gone. He's like, no, I'm busy. Tuesday Let's night. Let's be clear. Who's busy on a Tuesday Allie, night? we knew he was wanting to pursue. We knew he is wanting to pursue a life of comedy. Whoa. But he doesn't tell us. So yeah. through networks of our family members and nosiness, yeah. we've found that he is going to open mics. And so we want to invite ourselves, but we're not invited. Yeah. So we were going to like follow him. <laughs> we're yeah. going to be so oh, evil, ready. Like to wow. go to the house and wait till he leaves and just follow him to the... That'd be horrible. But, yeah, that but would we be... would do it in a supportive way. Like I, I think he thinks that we're not going to be supportive and we're going to make fun of him. But obviously we're not. We're going to clap him up and cheer him on and all that and then also figure out is our brother really good at yeah. being a stand-up yeah. comic. How and long I, has he been like pursuing doing it, it, doing this? I th- I know for a fact that he's been into this for the last, I would say over the last eight years, 10 years because I remember him wanting to do it in the beginning but something happens and then he goes and he does the traditional line of work yeah. that he's good at which is editing and some other stuff but then he always d- dances back to wow. this. It's in him. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think and he's really funny. He's the funniest in our family. I it's think, been so. that long and you've never seen him? No, because yeah. he hasn't invited us. We're this is our first time even talking about yeah. it. I surprised Well, no, we went one time. Like, okay, before before I went to college, uh, we went one time and Was I saw, there? No, you weren't there. No, I wasn't but there. But he, he he had all he invited all his friends and stuff like that. And then um I guess the more of your people that are there, they give you more time to 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 speak. Yeah, yeah. That was that was like ten years ago that I got to see him. How and he was, was it? Speaking very fast because he was nervous. By the way, that's one of the complaints that we have. Is that I speak you, too fast. We I hear uh, it all the time. Yeah, you talk very fast. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you talk super fast. I, I talk fast. I think just because of who I am. You talk fast. Because you play your damn podcast I play on podcast s- at one point five speed. Oh <laughs> my gosh! So, so when I listen, I'm to them, the I'm total like- opposite. I talk so slow. Yeah, you mellow me out, man. People think I'm like yeah. from the Midwest because I just like talk slow. Sometimes I have like a Southern draw yeah. to my voice. All right, listeners, I'll I'll try to calm it down for sure. But I I do get excited and I speak fast. Yeah. I like it because I'm so used to just like 
like it makes my brain have to work faster. There's something wrong with my brain though in the sense where when people speak at normal speeds, you're like I'm I'm so over it already. I'm already guessing what they're going to say and most oh, of the time wow. I'm right, but it's also not right to do that. Yeah, it's also but- not right to jump people's gun because you can't fucking walk around acting like you know everything. Yeah, that's why my sister's like that. Like every time I talk to her, she'll just fill in the blanks. <laughs> oh, I love those people. That's so fun. And her and my dad are just like, they both do it. So they'll be talking to each other, but yeah. it's like mad libs. They're just both giving each other like adjectives and nouns. I back actually and forth. was told at the reel, like one of my producers was like, I just want to give you a note. You kind of jump in and give uh, fill in on words yeah. on your coast which is so off. rude so don't do that but yeah. sometimes i see them like i see the word they're trying to struggle with and <laughs> yeah. i'm just like uh inosculate i don't know like i just throw in <laughs> yeah. something you know so it's not good but yes yeah that's nice though that you have someone who can like give you that note you okay know? so what you just said there is funny because i would have done the opposite when you said you're open mic don't invite anybody you know yeah i keep around me very specific people who tell me exactly how it is. Mm. My agent, my manager, my mom. It all comes from my mom. My mom is super, like, super, like, painfully honest and I fucking love it yeah because when people are painfully honest you get to the you get to the crux of what the hell to do and how to adjust (laughs) or whatever it is and and then sometimes I'm also like great that's what I wanted you gave me a great feedback on what I want to be so I'm going to continue doing that it's 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 really comes down to your confidence yeah right to know what you want to be and how you come off so if I were to do an open mic I absolutely would have a specific person who would be honest with me. Even my assistant is really, really honest. Mm-hmm. And I have a meeting coming up that's super important. And I said, I want you to sit there in the back of the room. Because yeah. then there's certain things that go on and you wonder. So then the questions I would ask if I was doing an open mic would be, okay, was I terrible or was I like horrendous? Yeah. Or did people laugh at that joke or did it seem like it was a courtesy laugh? Like there's things you can ask because your perception isn't always accurate when you're in the moment. Totally. And that's why I like record all of my shows and stuff like on a voice memo. So that way I can listen back to it and hear like certain things I'll like kind of repeat or like kind of make it a little bit more jumbly rather than like a flow of words it'll be a little bit clunky and so I listen back to hear that and my family comes out but like they don't know too much about comedy so it's hard because they they are supportive and they'll be like you know honest and real yeah but they can't give me like specific that feedback girl that's white family totally the Asian family totally I know I'm down I'm down for dinner I'll come over anytime you can write it out and the way you say it, it's like, it changes everything, it's man. It's all about delivery, dude. 100%. Yes. There's so many things that I write out, and I'm like, that's not funny at all. Like, there's no way that this is going to be funny. Like, I'll be reading it, and I'm like, is that even a joke? And then when I say it, I'm like, oh, I have to say it like this, and then it, like, really becomes what it is. But you can never really tell just by writing reading, it and reading yeah. it. It's totally different. That's funny that you say that because I noticed that in interviews when I read interviews from celebrities and you see a line that was meant to be funny, but when you read it in print, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can and and it really does ruin the joke sometimes. And sometimes that's why I think things get taken out of context. Totally. 
and people get in trouble for tweets and stuff like that, even though it's not funny, obviously, to laugh at groups of people, but sometimes they said it and it meant to be funny. Totally. You know? And then I also think that's why Mama Mai, my mom, she has a super heavy Vietnamese accent, so everything she says is just really funny, even if it's not that funny, the statement itself. It's really Do you weird. notice that? Uh, yeah, and people actually like, and she gets um, away with murder because I'm surprised of that the accent. People yeah. listen to her so hard, like to it's it's very thick, and I don't know why people uh, pay attention. It like, is a, like I mean I feel like people are always fascinated by accents, especially like the Vietnamese accent is like so distinct, <laughs> yeah, and it's like because yeah. like my obviously I have an accent that's very like slow and kind of boring and just like blah 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 blah. And then when you hear someone talk the way that you're describing your mom, it's like you know exciting. You want to hear what she's gonna say mm. next and how she's gonna say it. You know? Yeah. Do you ever think of taking on impressions or anything like that in your comic in your comedy so that you? I mean, do you pull in family members? Do you yeah, pull in the other people nuances? Yeah, I definitely talk about my mom and my dad. I kind of talk about my sister sometimes, but um, I, I don't really do like an impression of them. If there was a joke that I wrote that I felt like would do better if I was kind of like trying to be Emulating who I them. was talking about, yeah. then I would totally do it. Like I'm not opposed to it. Right. But as of now, it's like my material isn't, it would almost be weird if I like shifted into that during my regular interesting thing. and do you ask permission to pull in your family oh, stories good question because that that's like a that's a thing i learned this recent year mm, yeah my dad my dad's not a huge fan of me talking about him but i also said that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what did he say too. i want to hear what he, but i yeah. also but i also think part of him does like it dude yeah. okay yeah. right here Get, go into lean into what you're saying my dad I got a story. loves that i talk about him and like he also kind of he's like an introvert but also loves being the center of attention at the same time and so i know that he like i had my dad on my podcast and he was like what am i coming back on <laughs> and i'm like oh my god but then he's like in the stand-up he's like i don't know like you know i don't want you to talk about me but he also loves it he like loves that people know his name see mm. yeah okay so my dad mm. came to la to visit for the first time came to my show the real mm. i asked if he wanted to be in the audience he Jeannie kept asking me texting me hey um i need to know if you want to bring dad to the show i need to get the tickets for him and everything like that hey, dad do you want to be on the show no, no, I don't want to be. They're going to put me on camera. I know they're going to film me. If I'm sitting in the audience, they're going to film me. They do that, right? You know, yeah, they just yeah, like, yeah. oh, Jimmy it, fathers. And he knew, he knew because he's seen other, and he knew he's going to get like sideswiped. Keep, she keeps asking, keeps asking this all, um, because I don't text her back. Because he's telling me no, no, no. So and I don't text and her back. there's a physical dragging of the feet too. Dennis sees that he's reluctant to go get his go, to do, go change his clothes. He's not trying to look like eagerly well, no, ready. Eventually, the day of, I'm like, Dad, get up, like. I tell Jeannie, get the tickets. I'm gonna bring them because we I would I felt remiss if we didn't. Yeah. So even if he's gonna be mad, I want him to come anyways. Yeah. Right. So dad, let's go. I, like executive decision, I make him get up. He's like, no, I don't want to. I, he just really like um resistant. He was really embarrassed. Like really just didn't want to like, I don't know. What are, so but I push him, I push him, I just get in the fucking car, dude, right? <laughs> and I drive him over there. I'm hella tired. I get there and um it changed. All like, of a sudden, when, dude, once he sees the lights the and the light. cameras yes. on the set, when yeah. I show yes. you the footage of this dude, man, he's oh my, like, this camera. This camera. Lights up. He's yeah. like, no, he's filming. He's filming everyone. Like, 
You know, and, and, uh, I don't know. Everyone's like, um, hey, are you a Papa Mai or anything like that? And he's just like. And he's, he's taking changed, it yeah. in like a yeah. celebrity when the camera scrolls so. by him. When I go, my dad's in the audience. It's always like, hey, hey, you know, hello. And he's like waving, but like a yeah. like a pageant wave oh, and everything. Yeah. Comes home. When the episode airs, he sends me screenshots yeah. of himself. And I'm like, yo. So it makes me think. That although there are family members that are, yes, if they're stingent on it, they're like, no, I do not want to be on, like, respect them and I don't tell stories about them. But then I always want to just throw it out there and include them a little bit so that if I see that little sparkle in your eye yeah. shine brighter because you got some attention, then I know you're you're in. Yeah, totally. My dad's the exact That's same your dad. way. Yeah, he just turns on when he's in like the right environment. He's like, I'm the superstar. It's like the Larry show. He loves it. Yeah. And my mom is always like, my mom's my number one fan. She's so supportive of me. She's like say whatever you need to about me like throwing <laughs> oh, anything like whatever you need yeah. to say that's say it sweet. that's sweet yeah really yeah, yeah. Um, i want to ask what is the big goal like in a comic's mind what are like the i've made it moments for you guys i think like um having my first special will be like a huge goal and then i ultimately just want to be able to like tour my whole life and do like my ultimate goal is just to have like a very long successful stand-up career Mm. everything else is just like an added bonus you know whether it's like a sitcom or just like a guest star on something or have my podcast travel whatever it is like all of that's just cool perks of being a comedian but that's my ultimate goal is just to have a bunch of specials have a bunch of people enjoy my comedy who's like a female comic that you've or even male besides your crush um who's a person who's doing the killing of it that you actually would love to emulate yeah i mean people like sarah silverman are my favorites Mm. um i really like morgan murphy um i was watching her when i was in college because we have a similar voice and so i'm like oh my god it's possible to just kind of be like you know flat and like you know whatever so that was really cool um Ali Wong, I really like. Um, there's this guy, Andrew Santino, who I'm a huge fan of. Fahim yeah. Anwar. Yeah. Um, there's so many great comics. Chelsea Peretti. I love, oh, I'm like obsessed with Chelsea Peretti. I don't even Peretti. know these names. Yeah. 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 That's impressive. It makes me actually want to look them up. Yeah. I love um, to know well, I think what because you guys we live, to. because we live in LA, it's, there's so many comics out yep. here, and because I'm always out, I get to see all of these comics who yeah. aren't necessarily household names, but like people who I just admire so much. Absolutely. Okay, so tell us where we can find your work, because I know I stalked you on YouTube, and I yeah. loved the stuff you have on YouTube. Thank you. You have a podcast. You also have more performances coming up. Tell us how to find yeah. you. Yeah. So I'm starting to tour right now, so all of my show dates are going to be on AllieMukowski.com slash shows, and then I post everything on Instagram, which is not Ali Mac, and then wait, Ali Makovsky. First off, is A L L Y. No. Oh, okay. Spell yeah. Spell these out because Makovsky is kind of hard. It to is say. kind of hard. Yeah. It's A L I M A C O F S K Y. Okay. Yeah. And your Instagram? Not Ali Mac. 
So just N-O-T-A-L-I. Why did you pick that? Well, I had Ali Mukofsky and then I tried, for some reason, I just like tried changing the username. Someone else took it over and like, it was like one of those things where I was like getting trolled. And so Mm. someone else took Ali Mukofsky and I think that they forgot that they were trolling me. And so now I just like can't get it back. It's just theirs. And they have like those Ray-Ban promotions that like spam. So yeah, that one's gone. So now it's just not Allie Mac. Got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Until the day comes when I can finally reclaim. And your podcast? Uh, Resting Bitch. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that. You can listen to the episode with my dad who clearly loves being on my podcast. Yeah. It's insane. And yeah, I just interview people who are comics or just friends that I know that I like to talk to. I interviewed one of the security guards at the comedy store because that's like the best club in the whole world. And just to like be someone who kicks people out of the greatest <laughs> comedy club in the world, he's the best. Um, so yeah, I just have a range of people on. Oh, that I, I love like that. I want to tune into that episode already. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, Allie, we, we wish you the best of luck. I'm Thank so glad you. that you came by because I just you. love digging into the mind of another woman yeah. that's in such an intense field. Also, my mom's gonna be so stoked about this. She loves the real. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank you, mom. Well, we'll have to hook her up with tickets. She's got to come to the show. She would love that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to Listen, honey, and do support Ali's work, and we'll see you guys next week.